Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town. Well, the holiday season is upon us, and while those celebrations bring joy to many, for others it's a difficult time. An estimated 3 million adults experience seasonal depression every year in the U.S. due to circumstances such as the loss of loved ones, a lack of family connections, financial hardships, and many other factors. We're going to talk about all of that with Christiane Kearns, a marriage and family therapist and director of clinical services at HealthRight 360, a nonprofit for those seeking treatment for mental health and substance abuse issues. She is also the co-founder of a mobile platform that lets users have video therapy sessions in real time with licensed and highly vetted therapists. We're really looking forward to this interview, and we really hope that you will share it with others that you feel may need help this holiday season. Chris, thanks so much for being with us here today. Hi, you're welcome. So let's start out with the idea that depression does increase during the holiday season. Is, is that something that you see? Um, yeah, it's actually very common. I mean, seasonal depression um, is what usually happens when it increases during, you know, specific time of the year or season. Um, so, um, and I think if I remember it right, about roughly around five to six percent of you know the U.S. population experiences depression or seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Um, more so on the holidays as well. Um, It's so interesting because obviously, you know, for so many people, it's a time that represents joy and happiness and getting together with families. But we forget that a lot of people are dealing with other issues, uh, you know, in their lives and celebrating the seasons just doesn't make those go away. If anything, it probably heightens the anxiety. Is, Is that correct? Absolutely. I think the holiday season, um, you know, when you're, when you're already diagnosed with depression, right, and then holiday season comes along, and then the expectations around you, right, it's so hard to achieve sometimes, and like this feeling of joy and happiness around the holiday season, and then all this stressors around family get-togethers and parties and things like that, that adds more stressors to whatever you're already feeling on a regular day. So imagine that twice-fold and then two-fold, right, and then kind of like having to face that and say, okay, well, I'm expected to act this way or feel happy, but I'm not. So that increases more of your depression because there's a lot of things that you cannot control emotionally and there's you know, suffering from it, but people don't really understand that, um, you know, it is difficult already living with depression and then add another additional stressors around the holiday with whatever you're living with, it, you know, makes it a lot harder, right? So, yeah, I mean, the anxiety around it, the expectations, you know, with the holidays coming, your families and things like that. And then obviously it will also add kind of like family dynamics, relationship things that, you know, you may not be dealing with on a regular basis. When holiday comes, that sort of rises up, right? Like you have to deal with your parents or your loved one that you haven't talked to in a while for one reason or another, and that sort of like increases those symptoms as well. Is there a socioeconomic factor involved? I mean, does this depression cut across uh, class lines? (sighs) 
Um, as far as I know, and as far as, as you know, my study, you know, and research, so there's really no socioeconomic factor or, you know, depression touches, you know, any socioeconomic um, level. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you have all the means in the world or, you know, you, you are homeless. It really has no sort of, like, um, impact in terms of, like, where, you know, which socioeconomic um, class will affect, you know, mm-hmm. or will be affected by depression. So, yeah, it, it cuts across um, class lines. Now I know Absolutely. that I know that we have less light in the winter time, and sometimes that can affect our moods. Do you find that that's something that happens? Um, actually, yeah, there's a lot of research around why there's you know the increasing you know seasonal depression around fall and winter season. Um, it shows that light actually you know sort of helps us in terms of. Um, um, you know, the, the feel-good effect of sunlight is really important. And then during the cold season, and if you see, if you, you reside farther from the equator, then you tend to have more prevalence in feeling depressed around, you know, winter or cold months. Um, it's actually really interesting because um, they found how, um, light therapy actually is very helpful um, during this season when you start to feel depressed. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, light is uh, one of one of what they found is very sort of like one of the main factor where you know why you know we tend to be more depressed around um, the winter season. Mm-hmm. Now uh, I'm assuming that we can't eliminate children from this; that they do get depressed also during the holidays, even though for them it's supposed to be Santa Claus and all of that. Uh, when parents are depressed and unhappy, does that filter down to the children? Um, you know, we, we have to talk about hereditary factors. You know, yes, I mean, any mental condition, when you, um, it, you know, you are sort of like have a linkage around, you know, that, then you're more likely to get it. Um, more so is, you know, if, your children sees you on a regular basis where you are more depressed, They that could have an impact as well in their sort of like how they relate to people and how, you know, they attach to people. So um, in one way or another, and there's no specific sort of like identifying factor what exactly um, kind of lead to um you know, what would they take in, but definitely, you know, they, they could very well suffer from depression, although their symptoms might be completely di- different than somebody who's experiencing it as an adult, right? So with kids, sometimes it's just irritability, a lot of, like, pains and aches and things like that, um, which is not, a, you know, what we see most common in adults. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, I think, like I said earlier, it cuts across socioeconomic classes. It's the same way with children. You know, children are not, um, ex- you know, exempted from, um, exempt from, you know, suffering from some sort of depression. What are the things that we can do proactively to help ourselves during the holiday season if we are susceptible to depression? Yeah, I think I think it's really boiling, you know, put, you know, so it boils down to um, you know, a lot of self care. Um, I think we tend to forget that the primary uh, you know, responsibility we have is to ourselves first so we can be available and we can be a better 
better version of ourselves, um, be available for others as well, is to take care of ourselves. If you're already, if you're already um, is a high risk for depression or you, you've experienced some symptoms, I think dealing with it early on, before it becomes unmanageable, is the key, right? When you're noticing that I'm feeling a lot tired today or my thoughts are just more negative, somehow it's from you know your normal and, and the your normal sort of like thought processes. Um, when you're starting to notice that you tend to isolate more, or you just don't enjoy the things that you used to enjoy, um, let's start thinking about those things and say, "All right, I need to do something about it before it gets worse." So, um, you know, doing things like exercises, you know, which we all know um, really help in terms of like releasing important hormones so we can feel good. Sunlight is also a big thing. Go outside, get outside, just do some sort of like breeze walking or something easy for you. Noticing that if you're isolating a lot, like force yourself to get out there and just be outside, um, enjoy nature. I think that's, you know, it's easy. You don't have to pay for it. It's right there outside and you just walk and, you know, um, being and forcing yourself also to um, um, eat healthy, I think, is another thing. One of the symptoms of seasonal depression is we either overeat or do not eat at all. So the, the whole change in appetite is a really good indicator, as well that we are could be um, experiencing some sort of depression. So. Um, really addressing those sort of symptoms when you start to notice it and um, also recognizing that if it's getting worse, if there's nothing wrong about asking for help and talking to a professional and say, these are my symptoms. I want to know what I can do outside of what I've already been doing, right? And maybe a medication might help or maybe talk therapy could help, you know, and really identifying ways to support yourself when you start feeling down. How do you gently intervene with someone that you know is going through uh, a bad time around the holidays. Uh, I mean, you don't want to make the situation worse, but you do want the person to know that you understand they might be depressed and at risk and you are there to help. What can you do? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of things that we can do, but what we don't want to do is assume that we know what they're going through, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, saying things like, you know, I know you're feeling down because, of, like, we don't know. Don't, we, we should not assume anything because it could be, you know, it could blow up and they will just shut down for the most part. I think it's really making them understand that you will be there no matter what. You um, encourage them to do things with you. Um, it doesn't have to be something big, but, like, you knowing that what... What can help somebody with depression? I think for somebody who's willing to help, you have to understand what depression is, what seasonal depression is, and how can somebody cope when they are experiencing this. So once you know that, then you can be sort of the catalyst for that individual that you care about and say, hey, let's go outside. The sun is out. Let's go, you know, go for a walk, a 10-minute walk. And really also being open that... um, you know, they might not be ready. They might just reject you and not taking those things personal, but also acknowledging that they're going through something that we have no idea um, what they're going through, right? And and it's really just making yourself available, being open to, you know, them when they're ready um, and acknowledging that this is a hard time 
for them, but they will be there um, whenever they need help and really kind of like encouraging them to sort of like do activities with you. So it sort of like forces them to, you know, to be active and to help themselves in terms of, you know, making sure that uh, they're not isolating. So really noticing symptoms is really important for those that, you know, so because you won't know unless you, you're familiar with what's going on. So really educating yourself on what the season of the person is and how can you sort of like manage it. Now, holiday parties often involve alcohol, and I know that, you know, in some cases, uh, alcohol can exacerbate some of these feelings, and I know, Chris, that you also work with uh, uh, clients who are battling substance abuse problems. So talk a little bit about how, uh, you know, all of those substance abuse issues can uh, be heightened during the holiday season and, and what people can do about that. Absolutely. Um, interesting that you mentioned because a lot of the time, so, you know, people just decide that um, because they're feeling really off and the first thing is like numbing it, right? Knowing like, oh, like alcohol helps me feel a little bit better today. Then that tends to become a habit and then it becomes a problem eventually. So, and not just for alcohol, you know, and then it leads to other substances that are more sort of like dangerous um, as well. So, yes, during the holidays too, it's readily available, right? Alcohol is there. You know, any party you go to, there's always alcohol and so easy. So, for somebody who may be suffering from seasonal depression, um, who hasn't really talked to a doctor, but somehow, you know, notices that when they drink alcohol, sort of make them feel a little bit better than what usually happens is like they'll depend on that instead of exploring other ways, healthier ways to sort of cope with their depression. Um, similarly with, you know, other substances and a lot of times people, you know, get hooked to these substances because they're self-medicating, because there's underlying mental health issues that they haven't really addressed nor know, know that they should be addressing. And so, um, being able to utilize other ways to sort of like help themselves feel better with, you know, un unfortunately within this instance, it's alcohol and other substances that's sort of like the go-to. It's an easy, you know, available um, substance that, you know, you can sort of just help yourself. And um, unfortunately, it doesn't make it better, right? It, you know, in short term, it may alleviate some of your symptoms or it may, you know, give you some relief, but ultimately it actually makes your symptoms worse. I mean, for example, alcohol, for example, is a depressant. So if you're already depressed and you add the depressant into your system, then it, you know, the symptom becomes worse, um, especially after the effect of alcohol has, you know, has, um, is no longer there. So, um, did I answer your question? I'm so sorry. What I was going to say is I also think that there's an obligation on the part of uh, the hostess uh, for parties to make sure that there are alternatives to alcohol, that, you know, you are also serving something to eat so people just aren't spending hours just drinking uh, you know, and to make sure that people, uh, you know, leave and, uh, you know, aren't going to be driving home, um, you know, uh, under the influence and, and have an issue there. So I think, 
right. something I think that, uh, you know, all of us have an obligation for uh, around the holidays to make sure that uh, we create safe environments for people and, and not just people who are depressed, but for anyone who, you know, attends any of our parties, uh, 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 you know, to celebrate. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think that prayer and meditation help? During this time, I mean, are there? I know there are some apps that people are using now to uh, calm as one, and you know, there are some others, breathing apps and things like that, to help people at times of stress. Um, do you recommend any of those to your clients? Absolutely, and you know, recognizing their own cultural traditions and beliefs, whatever they feel like could help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and meditation is one of them, and prayer is one of them. You know, and there's other ways that people can be helped and t- help ground themselves when they start to feel off. Um, absolutely, and we're always supportive of any self care. You know, my self care will be different from your self care, and just respecting that that's something that would work for them, and also encouraging them to explore other ways um, outside of the things that they've already been doing. So they'll have more access to it um, because sometimes, you know, meditation may not work at this time. So what are you going to do, after, you know, without the meditation? So exploring other ways of self-care as well. I'm not just saying that these are just the two that that could help, but, you know, it, it's very subjective. And um, I think just really expanding your opportunities to explore other ways to take care of yourself and manage um, your symptoms. Uh, you know, I know that many people, when they need help, one of the things that stops them is they don't know where to turn to go for help. It sometimes can seem mm-hmm. overwhelming to find, uh, you know, a place to go to or a therapist, and people just get bogged down with that. Now, I know that you've worked to set up an online platform that makes it a little bit easier for people to uh, reach out to someone um, in vi- in a video. So can you talk a little bit about that, Chris? Yeah, thank you. Um, actually, we did develop a platform. It's an on-demand mental health care platform. On, um, it, we're available on iOS, and we recently launched it in um, Android as of yesterday, actually. So we actually provide first thing that we want to I want to mention is the self-help tools and I think I've mentioned multiple times during the course of our interview about self-care and how I'm such a big believer that self-care is the number one sort of like um, tool first before we can even go to the next step so for those who are just sort of having difficult times during the day we provide ways to help you sort of navigate that and alleviate some of your symptoms by um, offering a free tool. Um, we have the meditation tool. Um, we also have um, a mood journal where we can sort of journal how we're feeling throughout the day and then at least knowing like your ups and downs throughout the day, you can certainly recognize that, you know, you can easily address it when you know when it's about to happen so you can minimize um the severity of the symptoms. And then we also have another self-help tool, which we call um, Be the Change. It's actually doing something good for yourself or others on a daily basis. So it's a challenge. The app will remind you on a daily basis, like it's time for you to do something good for yourself or others. It will have a recommendation for you on the app. And then you, or you can, you know, 
figure out your own way to do something good for others. And we know that altruistic behavior also help us increase our mood and helps us feel better. So those are the three things that um, self-help tools that's available in the app, and those are all free. Downloading the app is also free. Um, then in the event that symptoms are more prevalent and it's really, you know, worse than other times, then maybe this is the time for you to seek help from a professional. And this is when the on-demand therapy um, kind of like comes into play that you can sort of um, use the app to speak to a therapist wherever, whenever you are, um, live, on video. Um, and it's, you know, it's convenient. It's easily accessible. It's right there and there, at the, you know, palm of your hand, pretty much really looking at how we can use technology to help us deal with issues that, you know, like mental health issues that is so stigmatized. And I think one of the things that we're highlighting um, is, you know, the three sort of um, barriers to receiving care, accessibility, the stigma around it, and then the cost. So we're addressing all of that through our platform where you can see a therapist um, at a reasonably, you know, a reasonable price where, you know, where you are and when you need it the most. Um, I think a good example would be somebody who has seasonal depression and they live in Alaska and they're about two hours from the main town and really hard to kind of get there, especially when you're already depressed. You know, accessibility that you have to get up in the morning and drive two hours to see a therapist may be a barrier for you just seeking help when you have an opportunity to do that on your phone. Um, so that's pretty much the sort of the gist of worker. We really make it, you know, mental health available for those who need it when they need it. We also have an opportunity to provide multi-user um, therapy. So you can see your therapist with your husband on, you know, two hours away from in the same state um, and do it on the platform as well as family therapy. Um, we also um, were the only platform that, that actually provides services to um, teens, 13 and young adults. So um, that's another sort of like, um, I guess, uh, population that we know increasingly are, you know, um, exhibiting more mental health symptoms. So, mm -hmm. and and through the app, you can select someone that you think uh, would be a, a good therapist. Yeah, um, when you sign up on the app, you sort of you know really put everything that's sort of going on for you, um, and really issues that you're struggling with, and then we do our best to match you with the right therapist. Um, I think when I mentioned about those self-help self tools that's avail readily available for folks, we're not only just using it to help you, but we also gather those data to actually help match you to the right therapist, mm -hmm. um, depending on, you know, the habits that you're using, the mood that you're going through, like those sort of um, data will help us really match you with the therapist. And then you can be matched to the therapist right there and then. So, uh, Chris, tell us the name of the app again. It's Larker, L-A-R-K-R. L-A-R-K-R, okay. And uh, people can find that online by typing in L-A-R-K-R? Yep, the website is L-A-R-K-R, www.larkr.com. We're also, um, it's uh, free to download on the iOS app. Um, 
And right now, I know we launched in Android as of yesterday, but um, I I don't really have any more details about the Android thing, but if it's available, but yeah. Well, we will certainly include include a link at the end of the uh, podcast so that people can access it. But it sounds like a a wonderful tool for people who, uh, you know, want to reach out this holiday season and certainly year round uh, when they run into uh, a bump in the road and need to find someone to talk to. So thank you so much for that information. Um, So uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that this is gonna be very useful for people around the holiday season and I certainly encourage people to share it with others that they think might uh, need to have this information uh, during the holidays. Uh, so, again, I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town, and we've been talking with Christiana Kearns uh, uh, about seasonal depression. Thank you again, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.